Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Protect yourself from identity theft and take complete control of your debit card with Secure Lock Equip from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Visit FABNT.com for details. Member FDIC. Guys, I, my screen was blocked here for a moment. He has been holding on pa- impatiently or patiently. Uh, let's welcome Kevin McPherson. I won't play the, oh, the uh, Batman for him. Okay. Uh, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. I wonder if Kevin watched 42 last night or if he watched that <laughs> seventh game of the 65 World Series today. Well, actually, he probably was like, I, I was watching Arkansas and Tennessee. Yeah, okay. That's I, I, was I saw, switching I back saw and some forth. of that, too. I did see some of that, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, uh, Kevin, if you'd like to, we have a new element added to the program. His name is Marcus Elliott. Right. If you'd like to introduce yourself yeah. to him. Fresh I off. know Marcus. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, hey I gotta, Kevin. I got to tell you, though, watch a little, little daytime TV, and Kevin will appreciate this because it's all Tom Brady today, right? So, um, as you know, I, I could probably watch Stephen A. Smith a lot. I like Ugh. him a lot. Oh. I definitely oh. like him. Uh, his his opinion's great. And, I just like You like him. his opinions? And, and I can tell you. You like and, his opinions? I'm going to tell you, as I've said before, he is probably the total opposite of me personality-wise. But he had a he was good. He loves Tom Brady. Oh, he's just bragging about Tom Brady. So they bring on, I guess he's on with this lady on this show every day. I, I've never really seen the show much. And then um, they bring on. Yeah, you love him. <laughs> yeah, I'll look some, at some of his clips on YouTube. I think he's pretty funny. Yeah. Anyway, they. They put on this um, female reporter who's an NFL reporter, and after they've talked about how great Brady is and all this kind of stuff, uh, the the lady that's with Sam Smith says, or excuse me, Stephen A. Smith says, um, well, who do you think the Bucks will look for? The Bucks still have a good team. Who will they look for to replace him? And this lady gives this answer. It even talks about Winston as possibly being a guy they'd bring back. And, and so Stephen A. Smith, he says, he says, that's the problem with people who are as smart as she is. And she is brilliant. She's absolutely brilliant. But she overlooks the most simple answer to that question when you ask, who's going to replace Tom Brady? The answer is no one. No one's going to replace Tom Brady. <laughs> oh, wow. It was really funny. That is, yeah, that is good. That's a good one. But he makes me nauseous. Does he really? Two Absolutely, Mark. I'm I with can't, you. One minute of him is just <laughs> purgatory. One <laughs> second. Oh, wow. Why do I? Why do I like him? I know there are people you either love him or hate him. I I, I just like him. I'm in the I hate really category. Do. I'm, I, I like Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> I don't know why, but I do. That is horrible. Maybe because I maybe because I don't watch him every day. <laughs> there you go. Absence <laughs> makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> All right, uh, Kevin. Uh, this from our Buzz text line. Our Buzz text line. <laughs> Play it okay. again, Sam. Uh, Arkansas Bacon Trust Buzz text line. You have to give your weekly. Almost now, bi-weekly report on one Anthony Black. I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> yeah, really, you know, there's there's really not any update there. I mean, I, you know, he 
he's a guy that hasn't committed. And, you know, I think, you know, pro opportunities will be there. You guys were talking about Moses Moody and NIL, and NIL's out there for everybody now. Um, and so whatever schools are in pursuit of him are probably making their best pitches one way or another, however they can do it to stay within the, the, the you know color inside the lines on the rules. We know schools have gone outside the lines, and when you're talking about a five-star, there's going to be a lot of opportunities. Uh, as far as Arkansas with the, the colleges that are pursuing him, I still think Arkansas is on the outside looking in. Nothing's changed. On that, for me, from the information I have, I don't think Arkansas feels like it's in a great spot. But at the same time, you continue to recruit and you continue to make players a priority because he hasn't committed. And he visited your school. You got him on an official visit, and he liked it. He had a good time there. Um, There are things he likes about your program. And and if you're in the top two or three, which is where I do believe Arkansas is at the top of his list in terms of of a group of schools, I just don't think they're in the top maybe two right now, maybe they're third out. Um, but you, you try to see if there's a way to change that. And, and until he commits to something, whether it's, you know, making money right out of high school, going to one of the, you know, he'll have some options there, G League, uh, whether it's to go to college for a year, uh, you know, if that's, if that's what he wants to do, then you, you stick in there and you try to, you try to figure out a way to, to win his pledge. But right now, I don't think Arkansas is in the, in the lead there. And I want to bring up one thing. I was listening to you guys talk about the Moses Moody thing on this contract. Yeah, there's $7.3 million guaranteed in the first two years, hmm. roughly $3.5 million each year, a little, little separation there, year two is a little bit more. But the team start having, starts having options after that. But it, it could run out to five years worth a total value of $25 million. Hmm. Most players, though, want to want – to, renegotiate some of those numbers either in year one or year two uh, for an extension, which is a lot more money. And certainly when you're projected as a first rounder, but even a lottery pick, there's not much NIL can do for you in terms of not only matching money in the first contract, but it, it prevents you from getting closer to that second contract. Cause you, right. you know, you're basically taking yourself out a year there. So there's multiple sure. reasons why, even if you're, you love the school you're at, and you see the benefits of, of being part of a program on the college level, even with NIL, it's just it's just not lucrative when you when you have these other opportunities like Moses you, Moody had. When you know you're a first rounder, and he knew he was a first rounder. That's whereas right. yesterday we were talking about Jalen Williams being in the top hundred. Well, that doesn't even mean you're going to get drafted. So that's that's a whole different situation. Absolutely, don't you think? It, it is. And and what happens is players make decisions based on multiple factors. Some guys are like, you know what? I might not get drafted, but I'm going to make money playing somewhere, and I might get um, better opportunities by putting myself in a pro situation. Uh, Go ahead and start now. I think that's one of the selling points this Razorback staff has, though, is that, look, why would you need to go get pro coaching when you're getting it right now? You're already getting it. If you look at the way Musman does things, even when you look at gaming and game out the way he does rotations, and how he does things, there's a lot of NBA baked into that. I see it all the time, and it's different from what a lot of these traditional college game plans are. All right, hang on, Kevin. As Kevin Hoop Scoop McPherson, thanks to Hogville.net. Rick Schaefer, along with Marcus Elliott, I'm Randy Rainwater. Drive Time Sports will continue.
Be a part of the game plan. It's Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. Rick Schaefer, Marcus Elliott, I'm Randy Rainwater. Joined each and every Tuesday at 5.30 by Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of hogville.net. Kevin, I'm beginning to feel like we are sitting and watching greatness in front of our eyes, and I'm not sure we know where the ceiling is. And I'm talking about Jalen Williams. He has produced a double-double five of his last seven games. The only games that Jalen did not have a double-double was having 19 points, 19 rebounds against South Carolina, and 18 points, eight rebounds at Ole Miss. What is the ceiling? Is there a ceiling right now for Jalen Williams? You know, I've said from day one um, that when he, the moment he stepped on a college court, he would continue to be a volume rebounder. The other part of that equation was the offense. How, how you know, how was that going to materialize? How quickly would we see him start to bring that part of his game along? And we've seen it. Did these light really? You go back to the start of SEC play. That's nine games ago because they played eight SEC games plus now they've had the big Big 12 SEC challenge. So now in the last nine games, he's averaged a double-double. The offense has, has started to catch up. But what we really didn't know, on top of just the volume and, all, and scoring, rebounding, uh, just how good he was going to be taking charges because we talk about shot blockers of being rim protectors, but this guy's top seven in the SEC in blocking shots. And he has as many drawn charges as he has blocked shots. When you add them together, and you consider that a, you know, a combination of rim protection, it's elite. It's beyond just good. It's actually verging on elite rim protector on top of averaging a double-double. And then he gets some really uncanny steals. And what I mean by that is he, he's not just picking guys' pockets. He gets deflections, but his hands are so quick and good a lot of times deflections, you know, go to someone else or they trickle out of bounds. Or He recovers his deflections pretty quickly and turns them into live ball turnovers. So he's doing so many different things. When you put it all together, I think he's an all-league player in a, in a season that there's really good big men. When you look at Tashiboy at Kentucky, uh, when you look at Colin Castleton, who's missed some games at Florida with injury, but here's a guy that's putting up big numbers. Uh, when you look at uh, Kessler at Auburn, the transfer from North Carolina, Walker Kessler, averaging four blocks a game. He's scoring in double figures. You've got, a, you got, and then you put Jalen Williams in that mix. You've got four big men. Uh, when sometimes the league doesn't have four players of that quality in the uh, in the front court anymore, because it's more and more of a guard game, right? Wings and maybe power forwards, but not as many true five, four or five types. So I think Jalen Williams is one of the better big men in a league that has a lot of good, you know, a good number of them right now, and I think. You say, what's the ceiling? I think for sure he's an all-league player as a sophomore. I didn't know it would happen that quickly. I thought it could happen as soon as his sophomore season. But since the start of SEC play, I think he's removing doubts that anyone had that he can score the ball because he's finding ways to get not only points shooting it, you have to take shots to make him. He's taking more and more shots. You like to see that. But he's also getting to the free throw line. And where he was a 50%-ish free throw shooter, he's elevated that essentially played around 80%. So I don't see any areas where he's not gotten better and better. Uh, and at the end of the day, you look at it, you say, well, is this just good individual play? No, it translates to winning. He impacts winning at both ends of the floor. 
heck of a team player on top of all the person, the individual stuff that he's starting to accomplish. Well, every game's on television. Kevin, don't you think if he's going to be an all-conference player, saying a lot of these teams named 10 guys to the first-team all-conference, his numbers are good. <laughs> but if he plays, has a tremendous game, say, against Auburn and Kentucky, th- those are the games where all of a sudden people could say, holy smokes, this guy, he's got to be a first-team all-conference member. Don't you think those are the spotlight games that he needs to excel in? I do. And all you have to do is turn the page back to last season when his role increased, both he and Devo Davis. It kind of happened a little quicker for Devo, but there was some concert there beginning with that Auburn game at home and it was not a very good Auburn team. They turned that game around and went on that long winning streak. But if you look at some of their bigger games, he guarded Castleton when Florida came to Bud Walton Arena, a a, a close game that Arkansas pushed out to, I think, a double-digit win or thereabouts, and he did really well defending him, battling against him, and then against Alabama – in the second half, Arkansas went to Williams in the post, and he had, a, I think, his career at the time, 13 points against Bama. And I thought it was really smart that Arkansas had tried to use him in an offensive way like that because Alabama, as good as it was as a three-point shooting team and some of the things they did, they didn't really have a lot of size to combat him. So I think we started to see him shine in some of the bigger profile games even last year. But this season, yeah, the big games are in the second half of league play. Seven of the nine opponents will be quad one win games. Or lost quad one loss games. It's going to go either way. Win or lose, those are quad one games. And so some of those marquee matchups and teams, the talent level is going to be higher. These are better teams, right? And if he shines in those games, yeah, the ceiling continues to get higher for him because he's moving that bar up. The more that he shows, it becomes more, too, than just statistics when your team's winning and you're a big reason why they're winning. It shows that your your stats translate to W's, and I think he's been a, as big a reason as anybody. We look at the defensive side of the ball for Arkansas as a team, but I think Jalen Williams' progression probably means more than what any other individual player has done. I mean, Trey Wade's been excellent, but at some point, you've still got to have guys producing at both ends of the floor in, in, a, in a high, you know, in, in high quantities, and I think Jalen Williams is that guy. Let's talk with Tony. Tony, good afternoon. you got a question or comment for Kevin. I was going to ask him about uh, if uh, Amude and uh, Wade, uh, if one of them could, or you think they'll have an opportunity to come back next year? No. Yeah, they're done, they're seniors and they don't have. Those. I mean, this is it. Some seniors. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, they're they're graduate so, trained. Uh, they're they're this is their last season at Arkansas, and first and last okay. season. Okay. So. so uh, Jalen Walsh, do you think will, uh, if, if Williams stays, I don't know if he will. He's, yeah, he's pretty good. I hope he will for next year. But uh, who, what other big men you think they'll go with the transfer portal? Or? I'll hang up and listen. You guys have a good and God bless you. you too. Ouch. Thank you. It, well, well something interfered there, but it, it seems like he's asking, are they going to maybe look for another big in the transfer portal? It's yes, not knowing yes. what's going to happen with Jalen. That, that's right, yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I would think they would because you look at the high school players they've signed, you don't have a big man in there. Uh, you know, and Kimani Johnson is a guy that would that has eligibility to come back on that front line. Trade Wade's moving on. Um, so, you know, Connor Vanover's not a, not a guy that's really in the mix, hasn't been for a while. Uh, so we don't know how that's going to play out. But, um, yeah, I think they're going to have to look for 
someone to help. And even if you have Jalen Williams back, you still want another big body because of attrition. You have injuries, you have foul trouble. Uh, you don't know what you're in line for sometimes, even when you think guys are coming back, because if you only have two or three to choose from, you're one injury away or foul trouble away from not having an answer at that position. And, you know, it's a guard-driven game. There's more small ball and five-out basketball, but you still need some size at the college level, at any level. Uh, regardless what the skill set is, you still need some bodies in there that are, that are you know, capable of playing in the, in, around the basket and absorb contact and you know, Jalen Williams, I keep talking about him with all the soft skills he has. People forget he goes inside and is one of the best defensive rebounders I've seen. And, uh, you know, it's not going to be easy to replace if he leaves. But even if he's back, like I said, you need quality, some some level of depth in that, in that four slash five spot. I'm sure they go back and look at film, Kevin. But when you say three block shots per game for Jalen Williams, it seems like he blocks about a dozen every game but um i'm well, sure there's yeah well, well he's averaging 1.3 blocks but when you multiply when you add another 1.3 game per game drawn charge it's you know he's getting close he's pushing three rim protecting you know it's a, he's just a unique rim protector because you don't see big men with his instincts and ability and timing and footwork to go set up for charges. Usually guards are the ones that take charges, and not even guards always do it. You you rarely see big men uh, protecting the rim that way, and I think it's very unique, and I think it fits the times because so much of basketball now is not traditional. It's A lot of your guys getting to the rim and getting to the basket are driving in from the wings because there's so much five-out basketball, so you're not – necessarily one-on-one with another big. And so if you can if you can react, slide in front of them, take the charge, your team gets possession, it's a turnover. All right, Kevin, we will talk with you on Thursday. That is Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hallville.net.